Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, May 29th, 2020. And on this report, I will be talking about what the journalists and the experts offer us as the new normal. We're just going to have to get used to it, they tell us. Today would be day 70 of house arrest for the Castle family are 10 full weeks without outside human contact, but we're free now, having gone back to our law office. On Tuesday of this week, the family daughter remains marooned on a small island at the bottom of the world, but at least she is free of the virus. The return to the office with all my staff has been uneventful so far. The staff voiced no concern or fear at coming out of their homes and into the world. So right now I have my staff back. All I need are my clients back. And we will be at least approaching a state that we once referred to as normal. 66 days of quarantine, which Joan and I faithfully adhered to, finally comes to an end as eventually all things do. Strangely, although normal obviously varies from person to person, there are some who believe they know what the future normal will be for all of us. They're not shy about telling us either. My hometown newspaper published a long article last Sunday entitled Our New Normal. In that article, the writer makes many statements which I presume she believes to be factual. She assumes that her readers will believe them to be factual as well. For example, she writes, quote, the new normal is not just referring to life after the pandemic, for we have no idea when that day will come until we get a COVID-19 vaccine, and it has been proved effective. The highly contagious coronavirus will be a threat to our health and our lives. It will be part of our daily lives and consciousness. The sooner we accept and realize this fact, the better off we will be as a people and a nation, end quote. So, she states that we must accept and realize the fact that she gives us. Well, Miss Norman, I beg to differ. I submit that very little of the long article is fact. A great deal of it is simply the opinion of the writer and possibly the editorial board of the Commercial Appeal. She voices the same level of fear bordering on paranoia that I have seen and heard from many people since this has been going on, the interesting part of all this is that even the once alarmist CDC no longer agrees with Ms. Norman about the terrible long-term effects of this virus on our daily lives, possibly forever. It doesn't seem to matter what anyone says, however, because many strong advocates of long-term lockdown are lockdowners, if I may use that term, Hold that view with religious zealotry. They passionately believe that the end justifies the means and that to leave confinement will expose everyone to an apocalyptic scenario. The CDC, in its latest report, which was printed in the New York Times last Sunday edition, now says that many of the things it told us early on about the dangerous effects of the virus turned out to be incorrect. For example, it now seems that the virus is only transmitted by human contact and through close quarters, breathing, coughing, sneezing, and so forth. It's not transmitted by touching doorknobs, sinks, and things of that nature. It also said that the virus is almost impossible to transmit outdoors. 
So there is nothing wrong with going to the beach or for a walk or a bicycle ride to enforce rules against such things in light of this new information must be to exhibit some type of totalitarian psychosis. That is my assessment, not that of the CDC. How does that statement fit in with the video images we have seen of Chinese trucks spraying disinfectant up and down Chinese streets? How does that fit in with what the CDC just said? I don't know, folks. I don't know how it fits in. I will admit it's hard to make sense of anything these days. Perhaps you're one of the true lockdowners. Who demands that we stay locked down until no human on earth ever dies from a virus? Again, there are parallel views of the same thing. Each of us go down parallel rabbit holes into different universes. For example, in answer to a very passionate lockdowner, I might ask, well, why can't you stay locked down if that is your preference, your fear? Let me live free of confinement and harassment. The answer, of course, is that I will endanger the health of others with my irresponsible behavior. So, once again, we're back to the collective, or at least some view of the collective, which is more important, to lock down or to any individual and his individual rights. I always wonder, though, what the lockdowner has to fear from me. He is locked in his home, so why is he afraid that I will infect him? The same question exists in the world of mandatory vaccines. If someone has taken the vaccine, he is rendered immune to the virus, at least in theory. So why would he fear someone who is not vaccinated? I don't know any logical answer to these questions, except possibly some type of herd programming. The CDC also reassessed its estimate of mortality. Guess what? It's much lower than previously thought. The new mortality rate, the CDC tells us, 0.26% or roughly one quarter of 1%. That is, assuming the tests are 100% accurate, which is probably impossible. The CDC death rate for those under 50, now 1 in 5,000 for those with symptoms. Even lower for those without severe comorbidities. For those without comorbidities, one might extrapolate from the most recent CDC numbers. They are more likely to die in a car accident. Kids are more likely to get struck by lightning, but we terrify them anyway. The threat was overblown from the beginning. Much, that much is at least clear. Hindsight's 2020, of course. I know we all understand it was foggy. It was scary out there. The question now is, why do some of those in authority, elected and bureaucratic, insist on trampling the rights of free people when they can no longer justify it. I was told to quarantine my law office for two weeks to flatten the curve. I remember Dr. Fauci holding up a sign that said 17 days to flatten the curve while we were in quarantine. The Gulf Coast kept moving every time we got close and about to score. We had another few yards to go. Two weeks of quarantine morphed into three months and counting. Now that we can see it's not as bad as we first thought, why not try to recover as quickly as possible? Most seem to agree with that, but many governors, many mayors apparently do not. There, there are worrisome signs coming to us from around the country. Some governors are requiring small businesses, especially restaurants, to collect personal information from their customers. 
that is supposedly to make contact tracing easier. In California, for example, Governor Gavin Newsom plans to hire 20,000 contact tracers to chase people who have a positive test. Should you test positive, you'll be asked where you have been, what you did, who you did it with. In the case of a restaurant, where did you eat? Then the restaurant should have a list with names and addresses of all those who were there at the time. Each of them would have to be contacted and have a test. Should anyone test positive, the whole process starts over with that person. In the case of a vaccine, when one is finally available and several Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates companies are racing to bring one to service. There is no doubt in my mind it will be mandatory. President Trump has said that the military will have to be used to vaccinate everyone in 2021. The federal government issued a contract of $178 million for several hundred million self-contained ampules for the vaccine, what if there is resistance, or should I say, when there is resistance? How will this order be enforced, or will it be enforced? We will see how serious the government is about it, and we'll see about its experts if they want to bend us to the will of the authority. Back to the commercial appeal for a moment. We're told what our new normal is to be, at least until there's a vaccine that is proven effective. Wear a mask in public, they tell us. At all times, thoroughly wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Wash all surfaces often. With disinfectant, we might as well accept the wearing of a mask as the new normal, according to the commercial appeal, I suppose. That is the case, even though new evidence reveals much of it to be false. No more handshakes, even in church. Certainly no hugs and kisses. And as respected immunologist Dr. Anthony Fauci says, quote, we can all forget about shaking hands. That's what the commercial appeal is telling me my future looks like. But that quote from Dr. Fauci deserves some kind of explanation. The quote, the commercial appeal should have explained by saying respected immunologist Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has a financial stake in several vaccine companies and who stands to profit quite handsomely, by suppressing all treatments not based on vaccines, says we can forget about shaking hands, folks. The rest of the new normal will be changes at the office, at church, and other places. Miss Lynn Norman, who wrote this piece, may not mind having her life turned upside down until Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates have their vaccine, but I do mind. Something tells me that I'm not the only one who does not intend to accept the new normal, especially in light of the CDC's most recent report. That were all, folks. It would be plenty, but it gets worse. Another article dated Wednesday, May 27, 2020, in the same commercial appeal, tells us that a November, quote, surge is predicted. These articles talk once again about the huge overflow hospital available for COVID patients. I have no doubt that cases will return to us in late fall and winter. As people come indoors and vitamin D levels fall, that result is perfectly normal for even cold and flu season, so why not for COVID-19? I would hate to have people close to me live in this kind of fear just because of mistakes and rumors. Why disrupt our lives and our ability to earn a living, not to mention daily pleasures,
of living just because someone tells us to. Life is short. It gets shorter each day. It's not something to waste in an unnecessary lockdown. There is the certainty of eventual death, the very remote possibility of death from the virus. There is the very real possibility of economic death if we don't get the workplace functioning again. I look at the new evidence with its reduced mortality, its questions regarding whether masks help or whether they damage whether social distancing ever helped anything or whether it made things worse. In the virtual certainty that the lockdown destroyed more than it saved, I wonder why don't reporters ever investigate these questions and report their findings early before the damage is done. Maybe it's because what we now call journalists aren't really reporters anymore. People tend to work on problems in which the answer is already clear to them. In other words, the simple, already solved problems get all the attention. That stunts the reporter's intellectual growth. Avoiding problems that seemingly can't be solved also limits growth because people become increasingly unaware of what they don't know, science. That is all the rage now. It's about knowing. The first step to knowing is finding out what you don't know. When we become aware of our insufficient knowledge or skill, then possible solutions can start to suggest themselves. Otherwise, we're handicapped and stuck in our own world of politics and agenda forever. Finally, folks, in the words of Paul Craig Roberts, as you age, you watch your world disappear to serve the present-day agenda. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.